Every rescue starts somewhere. The start of the earth. The first breath. The start of the first bite. Crunching into the sweetness of a bitter first sin. The first day cast out of the garden. The start of hatred. The start of war. The start of murder. The start of guilt. The start of shame. From the very start, he knew he loved us. From the start, he knew we would fail. From the start, he knew he would come. He knew in the grief, pain, in his final breath, he knew that this was the start of something good. This rescue started when he said, it is finished. Happy Easter, church. Oh, come on. Happy Easter, church. Yeah. And if you are new today, I'm Pastor Kurt, so I'm glad that you're here with us today. We're here to celebrate and to worship the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. He is risen. Oh, there we go. We have some oldies with us today, huh? Uh, Steve said there were no codes, but that is one, actually. On Easter, if somebody says he is risen, you're supposed to say he is risen indeed. So now you know the secret code of church, right? Hey, listen, uh, four years ago, you may remember this, there was one of the greatest rescue operations that's ever happened in modern history, uh, where 12 boys, 11 to 16, were trapped in a cave in Thailand. How many of you remember this? Yeah, the world followed and, and watched this rescue. They were in the dark for nine nights, not knowing if anybody knew, not aware of the massive rescue that was underway which was happening, but they had no idea. They had no idea anybody knew um, that they were there. And imagine what this was like for them. Imagine being trapped in the dark for nine days, the water's rising, oxygen levels are dropping, they're in the dark, there's no way out, and they know it's rainy season. I mean, they, they grew up here, they understand what happens when it rains in Thailand, that if it starts to rain within minutes, if not an hour or two, their caves will be absolutely flooded and they will drown and they will die. That, that was their condition. And the world watched on as a bunch of unknown divers risked their lives to rescue these boys, to go in and find them, and then to bring them out to safety. And in fact, one of the divers died. He gave his life bringing oxygen and bringing food to the boys to keep them alive before they got rescued. Uh, he passed away in the waters. These boys were entirely unable to save themselves. They were completely um, at the mercy of these courageous divers whom they never met, they had never known, they were from other countries, and they came in and they rescued these boys. Now, 2,000 years ago plus, the greatest rescue operation of all time happened on this planet, and that was when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave his life on a cross. He took on our sin he journeyed into death. You might say he swam in the deep waters of death, in the dark, separated from his father, so that he could rescue you, so that he could rescue me. And that's why he did it. We call this Resurrection Sunday. I like to call it Rescue Sunday. You know, I think that that's, that was Jesus' purpose. And when he did that, this is what happened. He defeated the devil, and he overcame death, and he overcame the grave, and he rose to victory to lead the way for everybody who believes in Christ 
to rise as well. Amen? I think that Jesus deserves a round of applause for that. What do you think? (laughs) Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says this, Because we, God's children, are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son, Jesus Christ, also became flesh and blood. He became like us so that he could save us. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. So you say, well, you know, what do I need rescuing from? Here it is. Here's what we all need to be rescued from. Jesus came to rescue us from the power of death over our lives and from the fear of dying. How many of you know that, that if you're outside of Christ and you've not received him to rescue you, that death is going to happen and there's no hope. There's no hope for you. Death is, is kind of the end for people who are outside of Christ. Um, and then there is the fear of dying because we don't know what's going to happen with us. We don't have hope. Then we're afraid to die. That's why COVID had such power in the lives of people is because people were so afraid to die. Right? I mean, I feared getting sick. But I didn't fear dying from getting sick. There's a difference, right? I fear pain, but I don't fear going to be home with Jesus. So Jesus came to rescue us from the power of death over our lives and from the fear of dying. That is our common cave. If we have a common cave that we're trapped in, it's the power of death and it is the fear of dying. Jesus said in Revelation 1.18, I am the living one. I died, but look. I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. So Jesus came to rescue us. That's why he came. But to be rescued, you have to be aware that you need rescuing, right? You have to know that you need rescuing. And I think that's the condition of a lot of people around the world is that they don't know that they need rescuing. And that may be the condition of you here today in this room or or watching online. You may just not be aware how desperate you are. You may not be aware of the water that is rising. You may not be aware of how dark life is getting. But I'm here to tell you that every single person ever born upon this planet needs to be rescued. We need Jesus Christ to rescue us. So in order to be rescued, you have to be aware that you need rescuing. You have to submit to the plan. You have to say yes to grace. You have to say yes to love. How hard is that? To say yes to love, right? To say yes to love. Now, these Thai boys, when they were rescued, they had to be fully sedated. If you've never seen the story, National Geographic has an awesome um, uh, show. What is it called? Documentary. Thank you. Documentary out on this. It's called The Rescue. And it's really powerful and it's really amazing to watch. And I think everybody should see it. But these boys had to be fully sedated. They had to be put to sleep And then the divers would put a mask on each boy and hook them up to an oxygen tank, and they would actually push them under the water to to make sure the mask was fitting and to make sure that there was no leaking because they could drown on the way out, right? They could drown on the way out. In fact, uh, one of the guys who was staying with the boys told one of the divers, if your boy dies on the way out, don't come back. Just keep going. Uh, You have to deliver a body whether or not it's alive or not. And that was the condition they were in. So they were tied or tethered to their diver. They were put underwater, deep in the ground, caves completely filled with water. And they completely trusted in the care of their diver. 
That was their condition. They had to trust this person, and they had never met this person before. In fact, these divers were all from other countries. The Thai divers tried to do the job. The Navy SEALs tried to do the job. They, did not, they, did, they could not navigate the caves. So they had to bring in people that it was their hobby to navigate the caves. And these were the ones that rescued every single one of these boys. Jesus faced death, and he swam into death to rescue us. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We've placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. So Jesus is the rescuer. You know, first he rescues you from the cave of sin and fear of death, condemnation. Uh, But then he continues to rescue us as we go through life. Jesus has rescued us from certain death. The Bible says in Ephesians 2.1, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. And you might say to me, no, Pastor Kurt, I'm alive. And I would say to you, well, you may be alive physically, but if you've not trusted the rescuer, Jesus Christ, your spirit is not alive. Your spirit has not yet been brought to life. And here's the truth about that. We're all born in the cave of sin, which makes us fear death. We know we have no hope. We understand that. We're stuck in this cave. Spiritually, we're stuck. Our spirit is not alive. And before we let Christ rescue us, we're as good as dead. You might say that every person born upon the planet, born into the curse of sin, is stillborn. We are stillborn. I mean, we walk around and we breathe physically, but spiritually, we are not alive. And so our grave is our body. Our grave is our body. It's a grave of sin and guilt and hopelessness and spiritual death. And that's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Not only physical birth when you come out of your mother's womb, but the spiritual birth that only Jesus Christ can provide for us. So, before Christ's rescue, we're living in this cave, we're in the dark, we're running out of air, we're starving, we're barely existing in this cave, and we have no hope past our last breath. That's it. And that's why we're so afraid to die, because unless we're rescued, death is final, and time just keeps ticking away. The water keeps rising, life keeps getting darker, and then maybe one day we come to the awareness, and I hope that that that's you in this room, and I hope that you watching online, that one day we come to this awareness that I need a rescuer. I need someone to save me from this life. I need somebody to forgive my sin. And that's what Jesus Christ came to do. So the rescuer comes, and we can say yes to the rescue. We can choose to be rescued. Ephesians 2, 4 says that God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. So here's the question I want to ask you today. Is it you? Is it you that's here in this room today and maybe someone dragged you to church on Easter? Maybe you happened by our website or our stream and and you're like, oh, I'll watch this. Maybe it's you today, and I just want to ask the question, is it you that are caught in this cave like I was? Cave of sin, cave of darkness, cave of the fear of dying, and you need to be rescued. You're desperate. The water's rising. Life's getting dark. You need to be set free from a life of sin and guilt. You need to be set free from shame of the things that you've done. You need to hear Jesus say, I love you. 
I love you, and I'm here to rescue you. You see, the motivation for Jesus Christ to walk into death and to take on the sin and the blackness of our lives, the motivation for that is love. We resist God sometimes, I think, because we think that he's going to make us do all kinds of things and keep the rules, and, and it's all about you know, legalism and looking good. No, that's not it. Jesus Christ faced death and entered into darkness and took on our sin because he loves you and he wants relationship with you. We, we're his people. We're his humans. And so he wants to bring us back into relationship with him and with our heavenly father. So if you're here today and that's you and you haven't said yes to the rescuer, you need to hear Jesus say, I love you and I'm here to save you. I'm here to rescue you. And then you need to tether up to him and let him swim you out of whatever cave of darkness that you're in. And so Jesus rescues us by taking our sin upon his body, by swimming us out of the cave of unbelief. And that's number two in your notes today. Jesus has rescued us from spiritual death. He has given us eternal life. Jesus himself said in John 5, 24, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. At the moment you say yes to the rescuer, you have eternal life. Eternal life begins now, not after you're dead. Eternal life begins now in this life. And he says, you will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Let me just break that down a little bit for you this morning. What's it mean to pass from death to life? Well, again, when we're born as humans, we're born into and under the curse of sin. And we're born with a spirit that has not yet come to life. We have a soul that's aware of us, aware of our mind and our will and our emotions and all that, but, but our spirit has not yet been brought to life. And each of us have a spirit. I like to call it our awareness of God, the place in our being where we're aware that there is a God. And in fact, the Bible tells us that God has placed eternity into the heart of every man, every woman, every boy, every girl has this sense of there is a God. I personally don't believe there's a true atheist because every person has that sense of the awareness of God, of eternity in their hearts. So Jesus brings our spirit to life when we say yes to his rescue. He brings us to life on the inside. He makes us right with God in that moment, and our condition at that moment becomes eternal. It becomes eternal. But still, we have this body, right? that we have to deal with. We have this old body that's decaying and getting older by the day. How many of you would like a new body? Let me see. Yeah, you're like, okay, I'm tired of this body. It's done everything it can do. Give me a new one, right? Well, that's what you get. That's what you get if you receive Christ as your rescuer. So let's talk about the second part of this rescue. The first part is when Jesus swims in, rescues us from that spiritual cave of unbelief, and we say yes to Jesus. That's the first part, right? He brings our spirit to life. The second part is when um, God plans this resurrection for us. God plans that each of us are going to rise from the grave. He's got a body, a spiritual body that matches the spirit that he's given you. God's going to resurrect you in a brand new spiritual body. Galatians 1.4 says, Jesus gave his life for our sins, just as our father, as God our father planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. So there's two parts to this rescue, two parts to it. First, Jesus rescues us from the cave, but then he saves us from the grave. Somebody say amen. amen. He rescues us from the cave, and then he saves us from the grave. First of all, our rescue from sin, spiritual death, and the fear of death. 
But once we've said yes to this rescue, once we've allowed Jesus to rescue us, we've placed our trust in him, our bodies are still going to fail one day. Our bodies are still going to pass away. And Jesus has a rescue plan for that. He's going to rescue us from the grave. He walked out of his grave so we can walk out too. There ain't no grave that's going to hold this body down. Right? Jesus is going to rescue us. We call it the resurrection. That's what it means. I like to call it Rescue Sunday, you know, because that's what Jesus did for us. But let's talk about resurrection for a minute. Resurrection, it's a big word. But I want to normalize it for you today. I want to make it common for you today because it should be. Resurrection is all around us. If you, after your big ham dinner today, if you go out in that balmy 67 degrees and you take a walk with your family and just look around, just look around you. You'll see the blossoming cherries. You'll see the plants. You'll see everything coming to life. That's resurrection. That's resurrection. That's what it is. Something that has looked dead is coming back to life. It's so common that I think we just fail to see it sometimes, especially right now in the spring. We're just inundated with this new life and new growth. But here's what I want to say. is that God built resurrection into creation. He built it into creation. And it's like God is shouting down at us. He's saying, hey, you, Captain Obvious, look around you. Pay attention to your world. I've given you the very thing that I'm going to give you in the end. You're going to come to life. Even though the body looks dead, I'm going to give you new life. That's the awesome truth. And number three in your notes today, that Jesus is going to raise us up with a brand new spiritual body. Somebody say amen. 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 That's good news. So here's the thing. If you trust Jesus to save you from the cave, if you say, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm going to place my trust in you. I'm going to believe in your grace and your power to forgive me. Then you can trust him to save you from the grave. And the way he's going to do that is through this thing we call resurrection. He's going to give you a brand new spiritual body when he raises you from the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, 22 says, Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there's an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. I want to give you a little bit of biology today. I love biology. I was, uh, that was one of my favorite classes in high school. Loved it, loved it. And it's absolutely mind-blowing to me as somebody who loves the, the intricacies of the human body and of plants and just the way things work and the, the beautiful structures of our bodies and all the things that they're made up of that we can't even really understand. It's mind-blowing to me that we each start out as an egg. We start out as that. That's a zygote. Can you say zygote with me? That's a zygote. That's a fertilized human egg. It's microscopic. You can't see it except under a microscope. And then, miracle of miracles, this is what comes out. (laughs) Like, that's Michael Jordan. He's one of my favorite athletes. I, I can't speak to his personal life. I don't know. But I love how he dunks a basketball. I mean, the guy flies. He's amazing. He was amazing to watch when I was a kid. I loved watching Michael Jordan. But, but remember, he came from this, as did you. All of us come from this tiny, can't even see, little fertilized egg called a zygote. It's amazing. And the instructions for Michael Jordan to become fully grown and big and strong and able to dunk a basketball like that, the instructions for that were all in this zygote. 
It was in his DNA. This was who he would become, except for bad nutrition and except for, you know, illness. This is who Michael was destined to become. It was predetermined by his parents. We become what the seed was programmed for us to become. And the same is true for every plant around us. When you go on your walk this afternoon with your family or with your friends, right now there's billions and billions of plants around us, of trees around us, around the world that are undergoing transformation. They're undergoing resurrection. This is what it looks like from a dry old seed like this. I have a a little sunflower seed in my fingers. Who would think that this would happen from this seed? And yet it happens all the time, all around us. Little seeds like this from a dry, dead seed transformed. To me, it's absolutely miraculous. I know we understand the biology of it. I know we understand there's water, there's sun. I get it. It's still miraculous to me. Who designed this? I mean, come on. Right? And and then try to name all the species and all the different kinds of plants that this happens to. But but it comes from this tiny seed that's buried in the ground. It's going to produce a beautiful plant that looks nothing like the seed. And here's the thing. People struggle when you talk about resurrection of the dead. Well, my goodness. Look around you. Captain Obvious. Come on. It's happening all the time, right? And so I encourage you, just think about this today. Let's commonize this idea This is not just like pie-in-the-sky dream. This is what God does. This is what the Creator created right into what we see all around us all the time. Well, let me bring it to us. Our body is is like this seed, right? And like this seed, we too contain the the spiritual potential for transformation, the spiritual potential for resurrection. And like this seed holds the DNA that will become this sunflower, we, the seed, the human seed, hold the spiritual DNA that will become the spiritual being or the person that's going to live in eternity with God forever. This is how God has designed us. Why should it surprise us when we see this all around us all the time? So again, when we're born, we each are born with, you know, a spirit which is not alive yet, but it has the potential to be germinated. It has the potential to be fertilized. And that is what happened. That's exactly what happened when you say yes to the rescuer. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, he brings your spirit to life. Now, because of Christ and the Holy Spirit living in us, we carry the fully programmed spiritual DNA for whoever God wants us to be for eternity. Whatever God wants us to look like, He has a plan for our body. We're going to have an eternal body that will never fade, will never fail, will never give out on you. No more hip replacements, no more knee replacements, right? No more sprains, breaks, aches, ills. You're going to have a great, somebody said amen, you're going to have a great body. It's going to be resurrected. And again, I want to remind you, there ain't no grave going to hold this body down. Ain't no grave. 1 Corinthians 15, someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, Paul says. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but it's a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or some other grain or sunflower. But God has given it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So again, I want to drive this home. I want to help build our faith today. And for those of you who are are still uh, waiting to say yes to the rescuer, I I want to say clearly that the benefits of saying yes far outweigh 
<laughs> the benefits of not. There are no benefits of not saying yes to Jesus. So just as God created the potential for transformation into all living things through the power of the seed, through the power of the egg, he has created us with the potential for resurrection and transformation. And God is spirit, so it makes sense in the creative order of things that he's going to give us a spiritual body. He's going to give us a spiritual body. Based on the evidence that we see around us, why would this be hard to believe? Why would it be difficult to believe? Uh, verse 42 of 1 Corinthians 15. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. And if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. In other words, if there is a seed, there is also a plant. It's going to come from the seed. Just as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. So, our bodies are perishable. We know this, right? They're fading away. They're giving us trouble. Like a dead seed, this body will also die. But when you receive Christ, this same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is going to give you the life of Christ. He's going to bring to life your spirit. And then when the day comes that God has planned for this. He's going to raise you from the dead. He's going to give you a brand new body. And it's going to be a miracle, just like Michael Jordan can come from a zygote. It's going to be a miracle like that one. Let's not forget, please, the miracle of life. Let's not forget the amazing design. Uh, get a book. Read about the amazing physiological design of the human body. It's, it'll blow your mind when you actually read about it. All the things that are designed that come from that single cell that it's fertilized and splits into a double cell, it's amazing. So it's also a miracle that Jesus Christ rose from the grave, and it's a miracle that he's going to raise us too, that he carried our sins, that he forgave us. And just like the dirt can't keep a seed down, ain't no grave going to hold this body down. I want to make this a little bit personal for you. Uh, because I, I live this a lot. Last week before Easter, we had three memorial services. And this is Lala. I want you to say hello to Lala. Hello, Lala. Come on. Hello, Lala. Does that seem weird to you? She's still alive somewhere, right, with Jesus. So Lala is one of my favorite people of all time. She's sweet. She loves. She accepts unconditionally. doesn't matter who I am and who she is. She loved me for who I was. And Lala used to sit right there, the second seat, right there on the aisle. And uh, before she sat down, she would greet you at the door as you came in. So she was one of our number one greeters for years and years. She greeted countless people coming into North County Christ the King. And then about uh, 12 years ago, she had a stroke, and she was supposed to die. In fact, they called all the family. They said, bring your family in from all over the place. She's not going to make it. She's going to die. And a bunch of people prayed. And she was at Peace Health. A bunch of people prayed, and she came through. She lived. And for 12 years, she lived. Uh, she had some damage from the stroke. She lived with, with her family, with her daughter and their family. And she had some damage from the stroke that really affected her speech. And so when I would come in and she'd be there in the second seat, she would do what she always did. She'd get up. She'd give me a hug. And then she was able to say, I love you. 
And so every Sunday when I came in, I was sure that one person loved me, and it was, <laughs> it was Lala. And I would come in, she would give me a hug, and she would say, I love you. And then after her stroke, she lost a lot of her speech, wasn't able to say much at all. And, but one thing she could say was the word yes. And she would say it like this, yes. And so I found out that I could walk in and give her a hug and tell her anything I wanted, and she would agree with me every time. And so not only did this person love me and tell me she loved me every time I came in, but she agreed with everything I said. And so I'd tell her something, and she would say, yes. And it was so great. I went to be with her just a couple days before she died. <laughs> Had a moment, a couple moments with her. House was packed with family. And I just went in, walked in the door. Hadn't seen her for a couple of years because of COVID. And I walked in the door, and she just began to weep. And I went to her, and I sat down by her. And I took her hand, and I sat there for 45 minutes, holding her hand, leaning over into her. And she put her head on my chest and just laid there and loved me, and I loved her. I kissed her on the head. When it was time for me to leave, I, I left, and I was walking out, and I turned around, and this is what she did. This was a hard woman to say goodbye to. This was a hard one to lose. And so we did a memorial service here, and she had open casket right here, right in front of us. She looked beautiful. Her granddaughter, Talia had done her makeup, and she looked like she was ready for a night out on the town, bright red lipstick. I mean, she was ready to roll, right? And as we took her out to 10 Mile Cemetery to bury her, it was so good to remember that this is not her anymore. And there was tons of family out there standing around. We had some great music. And as we stood there and as I reminded them that this is just... A seed. What's left is just a seed. That the hope we have in Christ is the fact, is the truth, that one day God is going to raise her up. God is going to speak to her spirit. He's going to bring her back, and he's going to match her with a body that is perfect for her. Brothers and sisters, this is the hope we have in Christ. This is something so valuable, and this is why, this is why we don't have to fear death. It's because we know that after we die, we're going to get something better than we had. Oftentimes, I think about this life, and I think, yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. Anybody else ever think that way? I don't have a death wish. I, lo I love people. I love my job. I love, you know, I love a lot. But I do have those days where I think to myself, yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. This might be a good day, you know. And I'm just a seed. You know what I mean. I know you do. <laughs> but it's so good to remember that Jesus is here. From that moment we say yes to him to rescue us, he's here to help us walk through life, to love well, to live well, to do the, do the best we can with our relationships, to live in the moment, to live in the moment. Don't let the moment pass you by. Live in the moment and let it bring you the best that God has for you. And then when your day comes, hopefully your family and your friends can say, like we said about Lala, we're going to see her again. We're going to see her again. One more scripture for you, 1 Corinthians 15. 
For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall it come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting?